1: What's going on, Love Tribe? Thank you for joining us. We hope you're having a great day, evening, night, whenever you're listening to this. We have another great show for you guys today.
0: Yes, and today we interview Rabbi David Cohen, and he is a author, podcaster, motivational speaker, congressional rabbi, and marital therapist in New York. He graduated from the Columbia Law School and the University of North Texas, and just recently published a new book called We're Almost There, and today we talk all about communication. And
1: we've obviously had shows in the past around communication, but it's such an important aspect of a successful relationship or marriage that we really can't talk about enough. And Rabbi Cohen gives us some new tips and ideas to think about practices to implement, to improve communication. So check that out. If anything, you'll learn the anatomy of why we have two ears in one mouth. (laughs) Hint. It's for better listening.
0: Yes. It's so important. And as always, thank you guys for listening and for sharing the podcast with your friends and family uh, we have a ton of free resources on our website, our 14 day happy couple challenge, as well as a lot of free guides and many eBooks uh, on our website at idpodcast.com. So we encourage you guys to check that out and enjoy today's show. Before we jump into today's interview, we want to tell you about our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days?
1: Yes, sign me up.
0: (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients.
1: We talk about it on the show, relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but... We've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners.
0: And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit, but what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course.
1: Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication.
0: And- And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course, visits, sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Hi, Rabbi Cohen. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
1: Today, we're going to dive in and talk about communication in marriage. And we talk about communication a lot on the show, and we really can't talk about it enough because it's so critical to successful relationships. So as a rabbi and a marriage and family therapist, uh, we think you have some unique insights into this and would like you to share them with us today. So let's dive in and maybe you can talk about the most common communication problems you find uh, when working with couples.
2: I think that one of the greatest challenges in communication, when we think communication, we think about speech, we think about talking. But in truth, each of us hopefully is blessed with uh, two ears and one mouth, which is reflective of the, of the importance of listening. And I think what I have observed over many years of, of my working with, with couples and with families is that, uh, sadly, people often are talking over each other. They're not genuinely hearing or understanding what their partner is saying. And that often creates tremendous gaps in communication.
0: So what's the first thing that you tell couples when you're, you see that happening in a, in a relationship where one partner is more or less not listening to, and maybe it's both ways, both people in the relationship, but if there's one person that's listening less, how do you start that conversation, that dialogue to bring up the awareness and the importance of that?
2: So there, there are different approaches to it. And if you're in a therapeutic setting, there are even kind of formal uh tactics like a speaker listen listener type of uh technique but but the the basic just it's slowing things down it's kind of like well, like whoa let's hold hold on a second here let's slow down like what did what did you just let for example like what did you just hear your partner you know say and i'll have the the other partner kind of play back what they think the person said and more often than not you know myself as the objective observer and the person who's speaking will then kind of confirm: "Is that what you is that what you were saying?" And they'll be like, "No, that's not what I was saying at all." So on and so forth. It's, it's the first step is often let's let's just slow down, let's break this down, let's make sure that we're all on the same page, let's make sure that we're hearing what it is our partner is actually saying. And, and also, in addition to that, um, you know, there's so many communication is so multi layered and multifaceted, and people are often communicating different things with their body language, with their with their intonation, with their inflection. So there's so many levels of trying to understand what, what a partner or what another individual is saying. So we have to also kind of be sensitive to the different different levels and modalities of communication. But for starters, it's it just let's slow things down. Let's try to get clear what it is the person, what we think they're saying.
1: Is that an exercise a couple can do without a therapist maybe uh, to be like, okay, what I'm hearing you say and, and then repeat it? It seems like that might be something valuable to do.
2: Absolutely, Chase. I think it's something that, you know, a lot of these things can ultimately be implemented uh, between the couple themselves in the comforts of their own home. Some people don't mm-hmm. like it because it's not so spontaneous and it's very formalistic. And, you know, we're not having a conversation right now about about uh, sex and marriage, but to use it as a, as a comparison or as an example, a lot of people bemoan the reality that, that, you know, for people to be able to have intimacy, they have to schedule it. And A lot of people don't. They find that unromantic. But practically speaking, if you want to accomplish and, 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 and meet needs in relationships, you have to schedule things. And, and similar with communication, I think that there could be a formalistic aspect to it that maybe is not as romantic. But yeah, there's kind of you can, you know, the way we do it sometimes in training is like you give somebody a broom or you give them like a fake microphone. And it's like a very formal thing. Like right now, Jack, for example, Jack has the stage and you're not and the partner's not allowed to say a word until until Jack gets out everything Jack wants to say. And the other partner has to kind of spit back or kind of reframe or kind of share what they heard. And then the other partner has the ability to say, "Okay, that's exactly what I meant. You know, take turns, hand over the hand over the microphone to the other party. But yes, it could definitely be accomplished informally uh, in the comfort of one's own bedroom.
1: And if you don't have a microphone, obviously, we're pretending here but it seems like a valuable exercise you could like I'm thinking just hold a pen i have a pen in my hand right now and just hand it to your partner when you're done talking and it it kind of formalizes everything and maybe i'm just picturing it for myself and will maybe help me not interject when sarah's talking and it can be um just valuable in to get over the fact that you know it's not as spontaneous or maybe romantic and it's more business-like, but I think it could be more successful, especially if you're having issues with communication.
2: Yeah, like, I think it's great. I think couples could definitely have fun with this. They could definitely come up with whatever prop they want to use or, or no prop. Uh, you know, it, it really depends on the couple. There's some couples who unfortunately often kind of talk over each other and, and it needs to be a little more rigid, or a little more formal. For other couples that are kind of just early on in marriage, just want to kind of strengthen communication skills, but they're not per se, struggling. So then they could just be, you know, just, it's, it's, it's a question of kind of carving out some time for it and just say for the next half hour, we're going to try to focus on hearing each other better, strengthening our listening and by extension, strengthening communication. It's really an exercise that's, that anybody can do in, in any framework.
0: No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first one skin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using One Skin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck. And the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earning actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 pay period max and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Well, that is a great place for our listeners to start if they're wanting to improve the communication within their relationship. So is there another big key issue that you see that couples have a problem with in terms of communication within the relationship?
2: So I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a big uh, user of social media, but at the same time, I'm very sensitive to the drawbacks of social media. And I think that in the world in which we live today, where so much of our communication is via, via technology and, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole kind of idea of like a tweet mm-hmm. of kind of uh you know, a lot of controversy surrounding mm-hmm. presidential tweets. You know, we have a we've mm-hmm. had a president in the White House in America where, you know, he actually tweets, which is like a new, you know, a new <laughs> mode of communication. Obviously, not everybody's such a fan of that, but but it, it's 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 emblematic of this idea that a person can kind of put out and have a very brief uh, kind of very succinct type of message. But that might be good for drawing attention or kind of trying to get people's uh, get excited about something or get some information out. And obviously, there are many other mediums. I'm just using Twitter, for example. We could talk about each one in particular. But, but at the end of the day, I think that many of us are, are involved in that world, for better or worse, and it trickles into our communication with our spouses. And when you're talking to a spouse, it's, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different animal. And I find even, you know even for, for example, with my own wife, a lot of times like, we're, we're texting back and forth during the day, quick messages, a smiley face. And, and it's sweet because it's very meaningful to be connected to your spouse during the day even when you're both busy but it's an, it's essential though to have real communication genuine communication obviously if you're face to face you could look into each other's eyes you can you can focus you can concentrate but the idea that i just i always think of this my grandfather i found letters from my grandfather love letters that he used to write multiple kind of snail mail letters to my grandmother you know in the 1930s and they were such passionate letters and We need to go back, I think, to kind of like a more romanticized or slower type of communication with our spouses. And in response to your question, yes, I think another problem, I think, is in the age of uh, fast social media that trickles into relationships and marriages, and it can be detrimental.
1: What are some examples that maybe you've seen with couples you're working with that this has become detrimental? Because I know just between texting Sarah or friends and family that a lot of times there's not any emotion or tone in text messaging and that's created issues so i imagine this is kind of the thread that you're maybe hinting at and maybe you can give us some specific examples
2: yeah look it varies certainly you can have I, i've certainly counseled couples that i've had you know they'll show me text messages or look like just look at look what look, look how look look what she said in this text message or look how she spoke to me and you look at the text message and you'll kind of be like it's a text message there is no tone <laughs> or you're you're imputing or it's an email and you're imputing uh, feelings that aren't there in the email or sometimes somebody hits caps, you know, by accident <laughs> or something like that. But I, it's just, it's not the ideal framework for meaningful conversation, for dialogue, certainly when there are issues that need to be negotiated or worked out, it might be fine for just pick up the kids at five o'clock or just checking in and thinking about you. But I think we have to sit th- part of communicating more effectively with our spouses in marriage and marriage and beyond is kind of thinking about what medium are we using in what context? And is this the best medium to to communicate? And it's, it's very important. I think that a lot of times we're just not using the best medium or the best format of communication. I think also I, I've counseled couples that, that work, you know, that have addiction issues. I think a lot of times as well that, you know, many of us are so addicted to our devices. We don't, we're not even cognizant of it. We're not even aware of it. And even just kind of more subtly, kind of looking at other relationships online or even worse, you know, looking at uh, members of the opposite uh, gender or sex online very innocently or old friends or old uh, flings. You know, all different types of cans of worms can be opened up that can be very harmful to what we're trying to build uh, in terms of greater intimacy and greater depth of feeling and emotion with, with the critical person in our lives. So I, it, it's, it's a Pandora's box of, of challenges and I've seen all different types of of things that can be very harmful to relationships.
1: Let's talk a little bit about listening. Uh, sometimes this is a skill that needs to be cultivated. And, and I am definitely guilty of not being the best listener. So this being a huge part of communication. So how can we listen better? Or if we feel like our partner is just always interrupting and, and not listening, how can we talk about that uh, with them?
2: So I think, look, a lot of things in life, you have to model good behavior. Sometimes it's more effective to model than it is to kind of uh, implore or educate even. So just on the most simplistic level, if we listen well or we're present for our spouses and we don't interrupt them, it's much more likely that they will reciprocate and give us the same type of deference or respect. Uh, you know that being said, I think some of the keys to listening effectively and look, everybody has different bandwidths, and I've never done a study on this. It could be just there're people that are inherently better listeners than others but but at at the core of it, I think uh being fully present and not being distracted, not a lot of books talk about not thinking about what you're gonna say in response while your partner is still speaking to you, not playing on your phone, not you know looking at something else. It really, and, and like, sometimes I, I often uh, advise couples that sometimes it's important to be honest with your spouse and say to them, look, you know, you know, like say like, you know, Sarah, right now is I can't give you the, the focus I need to give you right now. What you're saying is incredibly important. I want to be more present. Let's schedule this for, I do this a lot. I do this with my wife. I've learned to kind of do this rather than have her talking to me and I'm obviously not there or I'm half there. I'll say to her, my wife's name is Rachel. I'll say, Rachel, look, you know, give me please a half hour, 45 minutes, let me finish up what I'm doing. And then I'll be able to give you my undivided attention. I think that's also part of communication, which is to let our spouses know when we're, when we're, when we're, when we're open to hearing what they have to say, maybe their times we're not as open. You shouldn't just say like, Oh, you know, I can't talk to you right now and, and harshly cut them off. You kind of have to make a commitment that you're going to give them what they need, the time that they need. But, but I think in the basics, it's kind of like, you know, When you are at that time, when you're going to give your spouse that honor and that focus and that love and appreciation, there can't really be anything else going on. The phone has to be put away. Your mind has to be as clear as possible. So communication can even circle around how to most effectively negotiate when that time is going to be. But you're underselling yourself if you're going to kind of like have a, you know, a half-baked conversation because your mind is in a million other places.
1: You brought up some great points about, you know, not being distracted I think obviously the phones are a huge distraction in our lives. And what really helps me listen and feel heard is if there are no phones present. (laughs) So just not even on the table, if you're having a discussion, because I think even unconsciously, if it dings or we're waiting for it to ding or light up, it can be a huge distraction
2: for effective communication. Chase, that's huge. I I found recently I mean, a pre-coronavirus, and a, lot, a lot has changed in the world. But but when my wife and I would, you know, I always encourage couples to go on a date night like once a week, ideally, if not once a week, then at least once a month to kind of get out and take a walk get out of your normal environment. So for a time, if my wife and I were going out to dinner, for example, to a restaurant, I would often, I would, somebody has to have a phone because we have kids at home and there could be an emergency, but I would actually... I would actually leave my phone at home. I wouldn't even bring it with me because I know that if it's in my pocket, I'm going to be sneaking a peek at it, so on and so forth. So I think, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a big, uh, there's, a, there's a lot to be gained by really putting away the devices. And and even if at home it's hard for whatever reason, although I like you're saying it's ideal to do it. And certainly if we're going out or if we're having special time with our spouse, you know, and we're able to kind of one of us can leave the phone behind, it's just it's just going to help create better connection.
0: So earlier you mentioned about scheduling sex or things in your relationship that are important to you. And we've often heard that it's important to schedule check-ins, communication check-ins or meetings with your partner so that things are talked about uninterrupted and in a timely manner. And in addition to that, is there any other tools like that that are equally as important that couples should be doing to make sure they actually sit down and have those important conversations uninterrupted?
2: I think it's important to always be a keen observer of your significant other, meaning that like, you know, life is so hectic and so busy. I'm, I'm located in, in in New York. It's really a high paced, uh, so a fast paced, high paced life. You know, I work full time. My wife works full time. We have five children. We have a lot going on in our, in our home. And I think it's just important to kind of be an observer. And if you see that your significant other is, is out of kilter or out of whack or, just kind of like being overly reactive, or, or things are going on with them. Look, it's very, it's very key what you're saying, Sarah. In terms of you know always kind of having these formalistic times to check in and check in, you know, marriage checkups, and and that's great. I think as as marriage goes on, I know when I was younger and earlier married, we would do that more often. I think now it's harder, but in in more advanced stages of marriage, I think it's critical to have awareness. And if you see that something's kind of out of whack it's very important there to kind of take a time out and just kind of check in and say is everything okay i noticed that you seem particularly stressed i noticed that you seem you know very reactive like maybe we can just find a little time to to talk things through again in the better relationships this just kind of happens uh, intuitively or or naturally i think we're all kind of in a dance with our partners and and the and the more we deepen and the more we are together for longer i think that a lot of this stuff that we're talking about now in a more formalistic way or in a more scheduled way becomes a bit more natural, uh, which is which is again this is ideal. But it doesn't really matter if it's more natural or more formalistic. The point is to make sure that we're kind of on the same page of our spouse. When we get married, we're making a commitment that we have a partner for life and that we're going to really take responsibility for them. You know, everybody's responsible. Everybody's responsible for their own level of happiness. Obviously, for for working on themselves, but at the same time. Uh, our partners can do a lot to to help us along the way and it's it's crucial to show our partner that we're aware that we're sensitive that we see kind of that they're there and that they have their struggles and that we care about them
0: before we continue on we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors voting has always been important to me because i know how lucky i am that i am able to exercise my right to vote but not everyone can say the same unfortunately there are many people in our country that are being prevented from exercising their right to vote we live in a democracy. Demand that your elected officials have the time to count every vote in the 2020 elections. Decision makers nationwide want to make it harder to get every ballot counted and voice heard. Don't let this stop you from taking a stand to protect your voting and civil rights. They will not silence us. Visit org to call your elected officials today to make sure every vote is counted. Paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Sakara.
0: Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing, and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber. I'm not gonna lie. The holiday season is quickly approaching, which means late nights, rich foods, and probably one too many drinks. So this year, treat you and your loved ones to a gift of radiant health by preparing healthy meals that also taste super yummy. With Saqqara, you can reach your health goals without sacrificing taste.
1: Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. The menu of ready to eat chef crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly so you'll never get bored and it's delivered fresh anywhere in the US. You can restore digestive harmony, regulate cravings, shed excess weight, and get a holiday worthy glow. I love my holiday worthy glow (laughs) just in time for the season. So along with the meal delivery programs, they also have a variety of favorite wellness products like their best-selling metabolism super powder and nutrient-rich supplements, including a prenatal vitamin.
0: And right now, before the holidays, they have what they call their popcorn trio. And I don't know about you, but I am obsessed with holiday popcorn. Like, you know, where you get the three different, the sweet, the salty, and the cheesy all in one tin, and they have that. And it's a superfood snack, and I am cannot wait to get mine. So very excited <laughs> for that one and for a limited time sakara is granting you early access to their only sale of the year with 25% sitewide with the code i do black friday that's 25% off your entire order when you go to sakara.com and enter the code i do black friday at checkout. Enter I do Black Friday at checkout for 25% off your entire order. That's Sakara, S A K A R A dot com.
1: You mentioned uh, yourself and your wife working full time and the five kids. And I just thought that sounds like a very busy life, as you said. <laughs> so if you don't mind sharing, uh, it can be from clients or your personal experience of how you guys navigate that in in through the lens of communication um and if you don't want to share then maybe how someone in a similar situation might navigate a busy life like that
2: No, i'm happy to happy to to share a little bit you know even from personal experience i think when when we tend to run into trouble i don't mean major trouble when we when we tend to run into uh, frustration is when we're not communicating, like we're, when we're making assumptions about, you know, my wife and I have these things. Sometimes our schedules vary so, so much that there are certain, there's certain, there's a kind of an ebb and flow, and we know certain nights or a late night or this or that. But, you know, sometimes when there's just not a clear, uh, just expectation or understanding of kind of like my wife will walk in the house and I'm in the middle of something and and she's expecting me to join her for dinner or and I already ate or just kind of very simplistic things are, are kind of like, we're just not on the same page because we're not, we're not being absolutely clear what our expectations are, how things are going to play out. That often can lead you know down the wrong path. It's just so important to kind of just make sure we're on the same page, make sure we both understand what we expect is about to happen. And, and it's often just a quick... Did you eat dinner yet? Did you have the half? Now it's it's like it seems so simplistic, but I just seen in our own experience that a lot of times that can kind of mess things up. And secondarily, when you're dealing with uh, you know a house full of children, children obviously uh, can have all different types of, of needs, and and it's it's always a balancing act, kind of carving out time for your kids, carving out time for each other educating your kids in terms of when it's respectful and appropriate to or how to express their needs. But at the same time, one has to be flexible and understand you can plan all you want to spend time together or have private time together. And then all of a sudden, something happens and it just doesn't happen. And that's the reality of a growing family that you know, there's a certain amount of flexibility uh, that one has to uh, you know, be sensitive to at the same time when things don't work out, one has to kind of assure their spouse that they're going to make it up to them or they're going to try to, you know, it's not just we lost the opportunity, but rather we have to figure out how we're now going to compensate for this lost opportunity. So again, all this goes to the core of communication. And I find you can't, you can never over-communicate. I mean, you you can't Mm -hmm. over-communicate. Better to over-communicate and make sure you're on the same page than under-communicate, make assumptions. And then one of the members of the the partnership could could bear a grudge or or be hurt or could be passive aggressive even you know i'm just talking more broadly because people just uh you know they're hurt and you don't realize it so on and so forth
1: i'm glad you brought up over communication because sometimes i feel that i'm hyper aware of improving a relationship and whether it's with a friend family member or sarah and focusing and especially having a podcast on relationships, we get all these great tools. And so it's like, Oh, we got to check in and communicate. And I, I guess sometimes it does feel like over communication. And I know you said we, you know, you can't, and I, I understand that statement, but obviously there's nuance within there. So how, how can we, I guess, responsibly, um, think about that so that we're not, Constantly, what I've found maybe um, to make this more clear is that sometimes sitting with something that's bothering me before just communicating it right away has been uh, valuable. And so, in a sense, maybe it's sitting with uh, an idea or an issue before just communicating it right away.
2: So that that I think makes a lot of sense. I do think that kind of just kind of like sharing our feelings in the moment. Never, never, never or rarely plays out effectively. I think at the core of what you're asking to me is really self awareness, meaning we have to be aware, we have to take responsibility for ourselves, for our feelings, and we have to know what type of person we are. Like, I'm the type of person, for example, that, you know, things could build up inside of me and I may not say something, but if I keep letting things go without addressing it, it might come out much worse in two weeks because. I'll have built up like three slides over that time as opposed to just kind of clearing the air. There are other people that are, you know, in the delay tactic, They things just go by the wayside. They forget all about it and they move on. So a lot of it really depends on kind of your nature, how easygoing you are, how much... I mean, I agree with you. And it's always good to kind of think through before one is reactive and kind of calm down and share whatever's bothering them or troubling them from a place of calmness, from a place of control, that for sure, I agree across the board. I think in terms of strategically, whether we decide to let things go completely, or whether we... You know—you don't want to be nitpicking at every little thing either. A person has to let some things go, that's for sure. But in terms of strategically figuring out when it's worthwhile to invest in trying to rectify something, or whether it's just let it go, that probably depends a lot on how well you let things go. And are you gonna you gonna add? Are you gonna keep adding to it, or are you gonna actually really let it go? So that uh, I think that really varies from person to person.
1: I want to highlight uh, the tip you gave. A couple of tips. Um, the first one being communicating to your partner that now is not a good time for communication. <laughs> so it's such a valuable thing. Like you said, it's like, hey, I'm I'm in the middle of something, or hey, I, I have to deal with this work thing. Um, let's talk about this later when, and then I'll be able to give you my full attention. I feel like if we're able to just do that, that will prevent a lot of issues coming up, a partner not being heard, or maybe you go in and to the communication already, and you're really not present because you're thinking about someone else. And then your partner gets offended. And now suddenly there's another issue. Um, so to me, that's that. It's a self-awareness along the same thread of what you were just talking about, of just knowing your mind's not there and also your, as a partner being accepting of that and then having the communication at a better time. I think that's such a valuable thing that ties into this idea of just knowing ourselves
2: and being aware of where we're at. I think as, as many learn in marriage, I think in the best marriages, people really understand that your partner is not you you are not your partner and i think early on in marriages when people are really just negotiating the rules there's a lot of frustration when the person is not them but they don't see the world the way they do they don't react the way they do over time when you grow kind of as a couple you become to you come hopefully ideally to appreciate and value the differences that your partner presents or the opportunity they bring to complete you and a part of that process to, is to understand even in the minutiae of communication that everybody's styles are different. Everybody's needs are different. Like we're not the same. And because I would approach a situation this way, or, or it's obvious to me, A, B, or C in the moment, it doesn't mean it's obvious to my partner and it doesn't make them better or worse than me. It just makes them different. And it's, it's crucial to just understand that, that people are different. Everybody's different. We're all different. And we have to learn how to uh, live with difference and value it and embrace it and not fight it.
0: I love that you mentioned that it's not always, your partner doesn't always know. And Chase and I kind of joke with each other and that we're not mind readers, right? Like, cause you don't know like what your partner's thinking sometimes or feeling. And so don't assume, ask questions and, and be supportive. And so I really, I really like that you mentioned that.
2: We're certainly not mind readers, that's for sure. <laughs> But that being said, I think many people in their imagination of what marriage is supposed to be like think that their significant other should be able to read their mind. Right. <laughs> in my experience, uh, you know, people that are in touch with reality understand and appreciate. Yeah. You know, you know, couple, you hear about couples that married 50, 60, 70 years, they can really read every step of what the other is I was recently on a on a podcast. I spoke about relationships as well, and I told a beautiful it's a beautiful Jewish story about one of uh, one of the great righteous uh, leaders of the Jewish people who who basically would go to the doctor and he he would say go to the doctor with his wife and he would say our foot hurts us like he felt <laughs> such a oneness with his spouse, but. It doesn't happen overnight. That takes a lot of years of investment and a lot of uh, spiritual sensitivity and character refinement. And maybe one day we all can get there. But it's not, I think, uh, you know, the flip side of that is it's very hard to, to read somebody else's mind. We are independent entities and we have to try as best as we can to learn the nuances of our significant others.
1: Well, Rabbi Cohen, thank you for sharing all this great information with us and our guests today. Before we wrap up and say goodbye, is there anything that we skipped over or maybe didn't emphasize about communication that you want to share? And then you can tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Sure. And the one thing I would just mention, I alluded to it a little bit earlier in the conversation, is that, you know, if, if you're a person who uses uh Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it, so on and so forth. You know, there are new tools that are that jump up, you know, by the by the day. You know, TikTok is big nowadays. If if you're a person who's enmeshed in, in that world, I think it it really behooves a person to A, be very protective of their relationship in that milieu. I find it very inspiring when you see people who have their profile picture is them and their spouse kind of like make it right. Make it very clear right from the get go, you know, I'm married, you know, this is this is where my commitment is. Like, don't, don't try to, you know, don't try to solicit me, you know, online, so on and so forth. I think it's important. I think it shows your spouse. If, if you need to use these avenues for, for work or business or for whatever connections you're using it, fine. You know, I'm not judging that, but I'm saying, but make it very clear kind of that, You're married. That you're happily married. That you're a family person. I think that's I think that's crucial. I think that's important. I think one has to be very careful with these with these tools. And like I said earlier, just just I would just I would just reinforce that we shouldn't fool ourselves into thinking that because we're so used to communicating in these kind of curt or succinct ways or artificial ways uh, in 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 a lot of the world that we have to be careful not to let that uh, or not to forget how the communication at home needs to be. deeper and more fundamental. And again, communication I think is the foundation of all of marriage. There's so many, you know, we could have, you know, we could have 10 podcasts or 20 podcasts as, as you well know on all different areas of marriage and, and, and focus of marriage. And but everything it's all intertwined. And, and and I think that communication's the core. At the end of the day, you want to talk about, you know, X, Y, or Z in marriage, you're always going to come back to communication because that's really the the basis that you're going to build and improve. All other areas, you know, you know, people have stress in with in-laws, people have stress with uh, negotiating finances, people have stress in the bedroom, so on and so forth. But if you have good communication skills or you're beginning to practice them or open them up, that can really help you, uh, you know, in all different realms or areas. So I think this is really a, a course. I appreciate you enabling me the opportunity to share some basic tips on this all you know all-consuming area of, of marriage in terms of people that want to find me. so my website is a great place to find me. rabbidovidmcohen.com, rabbidovidmcone.com is a great place uh, to find me through my website. You can then find me on all my different social media channels. I also have a, a book that I wrote, It's available on Amazon. Uh, it's called "We're almost There, Living with Patience, Perseverance and Purpose. And in the context of my book, I have an entire section that's devoted to the early years of marriage. And it focuses a lot on some of the themes we spoke about here on this podcast in terms of communication, in terms of how to negotiate kind of individuation from our families of origin and how to fuse and merge ourselves into, into one. And this is something that's based on a, a verse in the Bible at the very beginning of the very beginning of the Bible that uh, we leave our parents' house and, and, we, and we're, we cling to our spouses. And there's a lot to talk about in that, in that milieu. So I welcome uh, any of your audience that that hopefully gained from this and wants to reach out and wants to interact. So I'd love to I'd love to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. Well we'll have the link to your book and your website in the show notes and on our website at idpodcast.com. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you guys. It was really a pleasure.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14 day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's Honestly, just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at spark.com relationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week.
1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast.